Good morning and welcome everyone. Welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Woman in Business podcast. Everyone has a story and our Wonder Woman in Business podcast gives a voice to the woman who has a story that is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories, or rather, they share their stories with the world so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine. Uh, today, I am totally thrilled to be inviting our special guest. Our Wonder Woman in Business today is Amber Lee Forrester. And Amber is a friend of mine who I have grown tremendously fond of because she has helped me to use my voice and learn how to use it while still finding it. Amber is a purpose-driven entrepreneur who's dedicated her life work to uplifting, educating, and self-empowering individuals and communities to thrive. She'll tell you so much more about herself. She's a life coach, a business coach, but I love this about Amber. She's a positive psychology educator. Ah, amazing. And she is also the principal of her business, the Quartz Wellness Collective. So Amber, my good friend, welcome to this conversation this morning. Thank you. And thank you for that amazing introduction, Natalie. I am just so excited to be here and to have this conversation with you and to radiate and, and to help others radiate too through all of the wonderful things that we're going to talk about. Yes. I'm smiling from ear to ear. So uh, I wish they could see it, but I hope they can feel it in our the tone of our voice and just our conversation. So Amber, tell us a little bit about your background and your story. Uh, our listeners, uh, you know, join and listen to this podcast because they believe in the power of storytelling. So yeah. tell us, Amber, about your story. Yes. Oh, thank you for that. Okay. So um, I, there's, our stories are so full and so rich. I'm going to try to keep it uh, shorter than longer, but just hit on a few key points of what got me to where I am and my focus uh, with my work and why I'm so passionate about it. Um, so I, I currently live in the New York area, but I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. And in Detroit, if you know about Detroit, a lot of times when you hear Detroit, people are like, oh, and they've got all of these uh, things that they've heard about the city. And so I've literally had people say, I say, I'm from Detroit. And they say, I'm sorry. And I say, don't be, because it actually has helped to form the person that I am. Uh, we are gritty and resilient from Detroit. So I grew up going to Detroit public schools. I was very smart, valedictorian, and I got a scholarship to go to a private high school. And this was where I, I say this part of the story because this is a part of where I recognize the importance of personal and professional development. So at a very young age, I noticed that there was a difference between the mindset, the resources, the accessibility of uh, opportunities from the folks in the suburbs of Detroit and the folks in the inner city of Detroit. And when I researched or thought about, reflected on how I would bridge that gap, it was through my education and my knowledge. And so I started picking up books around personal development, be it spiritually uh, or learning how to master my mindset. Uh, and 
Uh, then business development books on learning how to become an entrepreneur. I started reading about being a business owner before I became a business owner. And so this followed me into college. Uh, I continue my love for personal and professional development. And actually right after college, I started my first business, which was called Divinity Entertainment. So I've been a business owner for over 17 years now. Don't do the math and try to figure out my age. Let's just skip that part. <laughs> and You are um, a, a babe. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, and so throughout my journey, personal and professional development have been key in me and me finding my leadership skills, finding my voice and my style within business and the underpinnings of my business. Um, yet it was not until uh, after a performance on Shark Tank with my second business, which was called Kane and Couture. It was a dog apparel and accessory company. I love um, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ten years in, um, I was on Shark Tank and I had schools start to reach out to me to come and speak to their students. And I would have business owners reach out to me for coaching and mentorship. And I found that I loved that kind of work that I was doing as a result of my uh, uh, appearance on, on Shark Tank. I love the, the coaching and the, the mentorship and the workshops that I started to do in the empowerment programs. I have more of a passion in that than I did in the pet accessory company. And what I know about personal development is that it's, it's rooted in our purpose. And what I know about purpose is that our purpose evolves and changes. And I had to recognize that it was time for me to pivot, which is a part of the reason that I started the Quartz Wellness Collective, which focuses on making personal and professional development affordable and accessible, especially within underprivileged communities and communities of color, and also making it entertaining and fun. So that's, that's kind of, that's how I, uh, found my way professionally into this space, but I'll say that personally, my interest and my passion has been here since I was a teenager. Wow, thank you. I, you know, rarely do we see this fire, the embers coming together at such a young age and then just, you know, uh, evolving into this great bonfire that's so warm and so bright um, and popping everywhere, if you can picture a bonfire. So- ah, I wanna be popping everywhere too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you, you created an online journal and I've been in some of your sessions. Um, there is a, a phrase in here that I'd like you to kind of think about as you reflect on your, your life. I claim the power of my highest and best self. Um, and maybe you can reflect on a time when you were not your best self. Uh, because we want to be, you know, authentic about how we evolved and some of the the challenges that informed us uh, and helped us. So you say in this journal, as I said, I claim the power of my highest and best self, mm -hmm. but you weren't always there. So what was a time when you were not your best self? What was that piece of the journey like? Um, mm -hmm. And how did you how did you move through it? Yeah, so I mean, I could acknowledge probably points throughout my life where I wasn't my best self, but I will say that I had the awareness around being there. That's something that I picked up early on with those spiritual books and the, the personal development that my focus was on. But I'm going to be real vulnerable and give you a more recent time of when I was not my best self because, you know, I allow for space and compassion for growth and in my journey. And so, you know, I, I when you said that, I just thought of something more recently over the last few years that I've dealt with. And so um, I within my friendships, I dealt with uh, some friends that a couple of friends that I've 
they knew each other, they were friends before I met, and they had a bit of a toxic relationship between the two of them. And I became a part of that friendship and some of that toxicity really started to bleed into our friendship. And um, I would say that I was not my best self by, um, I owned too much of what was happening in the relationship as my own fault and it took away from my security and it made me a bit insecure not just in that friendship which i actually decided to end the friends the friendship with those friends which we have to do sometimes as we evolve and our purpose evolves our friends circles evolve too um and so uh but that that stayed with me over some time to the point that i actually went to therapy to have conversations with a therapist around my um my kind of anxiety within friendships about being hurt again. And so what I was finding was that within some of my newer friendships, I was not being my uh, as free and vulnerable of myself because I was hurt and I was dealing with this hurt from past relationships. And upon really recognizing this fact, I had to really do some personal reflection for myself about how to forgive the people that I was in the relationships with, how to forgive myself for what it was that I did or what I owned too much of or what I didn't own enough of. And I had to recognize how was I going to move forward in a way that better served me and my relationships and allowed me to be that loving person and that good friend that I'm so used to being? How do I move forward out of love and not out of fear uh, and make that transition intentionally uh, in my relationships? And so that was um, that was a part of the work that that I did and that I'm still doing, quite honestly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, no, I, I was saying, yeah, that it, it is so hard because you have no control over that environment. And to your point, I think I'm a lot like you too, where we take too much ownership of fixing the fixer part. And that imbalance in that fixed equation, if we don't manage that, it really takes us to a, a, a different self. You're almost looking out, outside at yourself and having this very surreal experience. Mm -hmm. it's and, a and our, our purpose can be to serve because like you, a part of my purpose is to serve, but I have to recognize when that's not serving me. When I am, when I've, when I've leaned too far on the other end of the scale of serving that I'm owning and taking on um, problems and insecurities that really are not my own. Yeah. Wow. Well, on this journey to self, and I'm glad that you mentioned that self-care of seeking help um, even as a professional, no matter where we are, seeking help is so important to get that added, that, that fresh water, those fresh winds to come in and help you to recalibrate and find your, find your way again, find your balance, you know, so that's inviting that in. And uh, especially as women, it's so important for us to uh, be able to recalibrate and not keep ourselves entrenched because we think a change means failure. 
Yeah, and not, only, and not only to be able to, but to give ourselves permission to, to not feel guilty about, to recognize the importance of our self-care, of taking those moments for ourselves, and not feeling that self-care is selfish. That's another quote from that journal um, that I that you're reading from of mine, that self-care is not selfish. And that's a reminder to us that in order to pour into other people's cups, uh, we should be pouring from our overflow. We are not trying to, we don't need to be pouring mm. from our cup and emptying, emptying our cup. What would it look like to pour so much into yourself that you're pouring from your overflow? And as a coach, Amber, you probably have to really build that overflow. So in building your overflow, what are or who has been an inspiration to you, whether it be a book, whether it be a person, a mentor, because that contributes to you building that well to be able then to spill forward and help others. Can you sort of reflect on where you have been pulling from to build your reservoir? Oh my God. So I'm smiling so big as you ask that question because I think of my grandmother who she's passed away just a couple years ago, but have will forever have the biggest impact on my life of anyone ever. One of the things that my grandmother would always say about her uh, as a senior citizen, she would say, these are my best years yet. <laughs> and she would talk about how much she valued having the time and space to wake up in the morning and to pray and meditate and commune with God. And so this is a practice that as an entrepreneur, uh, as a consultant that I even, you know, my grandmother achieved that practice as as a senior citizen, and I wasn't willing to wait that long. And so as an entrepreneur <laughs> who can who can form my own schedule, I've created space around that time in the morning of starting my day, prioritizing this time to go within, this time to connect with source and spirit and uh, and to not just put out what I want, to, but to receive, to be quiet, um, to, to think about and reflect on the vision that I have for my life, for my day, for my week, for my month, for my year, um, and to put, uh, to intentionally put the time into that time and that space for me is, is one of the most rewarding things that I can do on a regular basis. And so I don't just do it every once in a while, I make it a part of my routine. Um, so I would say that there's some things that I do that this is something that I do daily. I also make an effort to take a trip by myself at least once a year. There are these things that I give myself to look forward to that help me to get through the day-to-day -day challenges that I experience. Um, and reminding myself of my purpose and why I do what I do. There's a quote that he who knows their why can get through almost any how. You know, I really go back mm. to my purpose and use that as motivation on a regular basis um, to keep keep going. Because you know, as business owners, this this is this can be challenging, and and we don't really have that security net that uh, employees. Well, employees like to think that they have, but they might not always have it either. <laughs> so, um, true. so I would say that these are just some of the ways that I that I keep going and stay motivated. Good point on that. You know, we all have this fake sense of security. And as as we've learned in this very turbulent time, um, that can disappear at any moment. So being able to that be resilient from Detroit <laughs> and 
in incorporating the importance of that self-care in wherever you are at whatever time. Um, so Amber, what, what would you say in, in sharing is your proudest professional accomplishment? When you, when you think about, wow, look at Amber now, like what was the younger Amber or the pre-Amber saying um, and what has the today Amber recognized as, you know what, I, I'm gonna own that. I, that was my moment. What was your proudest professional accomplishment? Ah, I love that question. That's such a great question. Um, so I will say being able to operate the Quartz Wellness Collective within schools through my program called Blooming with Intention was one of my proudest moments. And I'll tell you why. Um, I had done an interview of a superintendent and upon finding out the offerings of my company, uh, the, the focus around well-rounded well-being and um, social and emotional and mental health said, I want this in my schools. I want this for my teachers. I want this for my parents. I want this for my students. And so being able to operate in a space where I'm helping a school to achieve cultural well-being, to achieve whole student development and whole community well-being is I'm, a moment that I'm very, very proud of for a number of reasons. And the first one being that the, the multi-generational impact that I'm able to have on not just the student, but on their home and their parents and, and then bringing these concepts around well-being home and having conversations with their parents and, um, and, and, and then that spilling over into the community, focusing around uplifting teachers and, to, and developing their own well-being practices, their own social, emotional, and mental health focuses so that they can be their best selves to best serve their community because we know how impactful teachers are. That, I, I, I really um, set an intention of making a positive social impact and I think that that has really helped in spreading my focus around positivity and well-being in a way that I did not foresee setting out. Um, and so going back to your question around what my old self would say to my new self, it would be to trust the process. And when your heart is in the right place, that it's going to pay off. So have patience and keep building, even if they're not coming yet. Keep going and keep, if something, if you are very passionate about something, then that is my belief, uh, no matter what higher power you believe in. So I'll call it the universe, but that's the universe's way of putting uh, our purpose into our heart so that we activate on that, so that we move on that. And, and when we are not, when we're not honoring that gut feeling, that thing that wakes up us up at night that we wanna do, then we're not really fulfilled. And you know, in this instant day and age, we wanna see things instantly pay off. And just because you're walking in purpose doesn't mean snap, boom, all of a sudden the company's gonna be a multi-million dollar company, but it does mean that it's gonna happen at uh, eventually, that you're gonna reach your level of success and potential eventually when you're doing something that has deep meaning. And so my old self, again, would say to my, my new self would say to my old self, trust the process and keep going. I love that. Um, and, and that kind of feeds into that trusting the process feeds into the next question that came to mind for me is that 
you know, one of the other things I, I've seen you talk about is, is how can I turn my obstacles into opportunities? So, you know, what would you say would have been or had been a big obstacle for you that might have been really disappointing or, or brought you to a different level and you could have made some choices, right? Because they inform our choices, but what, what obstacle um, that you encountered that has helped you to make decisions going forward? I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to really talk about that struggle that we have sometimes um, when we get that blindsided. So it might've been something that blindsided you on, on your journey to yourself. Yeah, yeah, I'll say what comes to mind um, when you ask that question is that time around Shark Tank, my appearance on Shark Tank and having got to a point in my business that I built my business up to the point that I could be considered on Shark Tank and that I got investment um, or as it looked on, on the show, that's a whole other story in the background um, that I tell on my website and through my newsletters. And so if you're ever interested, feel free to check it out. <laughs> but um, after that point, you know, I recognized that it was time for me to pivot and it was very hard to come to the point of acceptance. Um, that was a barrier for me. That was a challenge for me of, of pivoting and what that would look like. And so when I started my business, Kane and Couture, the dog apparel and accessory company, I was 25 years old, 24, 25 years old, single, no kids. Um, as I uh, I got married when I was 29. I had my um, first child when I was 30. And when my daughter was around two, I appeared on Shark Tank. And at the time, um, I did not have the same rigor for my business that I had had in the past. Um, a dog accessory and apparel company is the same as a fashion, but it's just a different pattern. It's for dogs and not for humans, right? And so I had to go through the whole process of designing a new season twice a year on top of marketing, sales, uh, and all of the other functions of the business that it took to make it a business and not a hobby uh, and to keep it successful. And then I had these investors who were looking at how do we take this business to the next level? And I had to be real honest with myself at one point and say, I don't want to. I'm happy with what I've accomplished thus far. Now, in hindsight, I should have sold the company at that point and I didn't. So mistake, <laughs> but I learned from it. Uh, but at the time, you know, when I allowed myself to be honest and to admit that I enjoyed working with business owners and schools and students and uplifting and empowering more than I did being a slave to my business, that when I thought about what I wanted my children to see, I wanted them to see more of the Quartz Wellness me than of mm -hmm. my mom, the dog apparel and accessory company me. I really, I think I owned my power at that point when I finally stopped resisting what uh all the signs were pointing to and you know that's a that's a that's a that's a lesson that was a huge lesson for me in life if 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 things are becoming challenging it's the time to take a step back and recognize are things flowing for me right now and if they're not then what is the barrier and so this is a part of the reason that i call myself the flow coach because i look for how do you get that flow of positivity and success and fulfillment and engagement and and positive relationships in our life and so 
um, you know, taking a step back and being honest with myself was a major, um, uh, major way that I guess I just overcame that barrier. And I was so relieved when I allowed myself to pivot, when I gave myself permission to do something different, even though I was on national television and people knew me for this business and I had put all of these years and I had put all of this money, that's the opportunity cost. Those are the things that I put into the business, but that is not what needed to keep me there. Um, and so that would be that would be that moment for me. And I think it was, although it was very challenging and at the time it was, it's been very empowering and I have no regrets about the decision I made. I'm so glad that you had the, 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 the strength to actually, I'd call it surrender to the flow. Mm -hmm. When you said flow, I, I, I smiled because I, I do know of that, you know, the flow coach. Surrendering, we have a hard time with giving up and surrendering and moving forward in healthier ways. Um, and, and so it was, it's good to hear that for you, there was reward in the surrender. I think that's a very important point um, to really emphasize. So Amber, what excites you right now? What is it that excites you today? What are you excited about? Besides good food, because that was the first one. <laughs> good are food you thinking, I'm hungry. <laughs> it's lunchtime. Good food goes to my shoulders. It makes me excited. Okay, besides good food. Um, what excites me is potential. What excites me is um, opportunity to connect and to continue to do the work that I'm doing with positive and impactful partnerships um, that, you know, I, it's, it excites me to do good things, but it really excites me to do good things with good people. Like I, I just get so excited when I meet someone who is like-minded and they say, I love what you're doing. What can we do together? I think that's a part of the way that our relationship formed and why uh, we've become so fond of each other because I'm also so very fond of you and the work that you do. Um, that, that's what really excites me. It gets my uh, motivation peaked because, you know, there's, there's, only so much we can achieve on our own. And I think what we're starting to realize as businesswomen too, especially as businesswomen who are running smaller businesses, you know, there's, I think the statistic is that 88% of our businesses make under $100,000 a year. And so when I was able to get over that $100,000 mark within my business, I recognized um, that a huge part of that were the partnerships that I was forming. Um, mm. that I was not operating in a silo, that I was starting to reach out and connect with other business owners and see how can we support each other. And that ultimately really served not only my business, but served me personally uh, in a really strong way. That is so important. I, I talk about all the time, the connecting the dots and, and getting us further along the way and bringing in that diversity of experience and thought and, 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 partnerships. Um, Amber, and it's sometimes though, it's not all positive. <laughs> so, you know, managing that balance between how much do you open up? It's, it's kind of like the parallel with the friends and, and just how you manage yourself. So, you know, keeping your compass sharp um, and, and moving forward, how do you kind of, do you have any kind of gut indicators or you know, people will say, well, when I get those hairs standing up on the back of my neck, I know something's up. 
but in terms of your sense of um, perceiving, how do you look forward and how do you open yourself up to change? Yeah, so that a part of, uh -uh, I'm getting a little background. Sorry about that. A part of that happens at that time that I spend in the morning in my meditation and prayer. It's a lot of recognition of um, of what I need and taking the temperature of where I am. Mm. Um, I. I know when I'm feeling very uneasy about something, when I sit still enough to recognize, wait, there's some discomfort around that. And what I know is that our emotions are indicators of bigger issues within our life. They lead us to where the problem is that we may need to, or they lead us to where the happiness is that we need to acknowledge as well. But it's very important to uh, to recognize our emotions and to be still enough to recognize how we're feeling about something. Because, you know, we can so often just push things down and act like they don't exist, but they always start to seep out the sides. Mm. And so I have learned to be proactive with that uh, and deal with it before it starts seeping out, uh, before the dust starts coming from beneath the carpet. Um, but, you know, I think a big part of that also is um, not allowing myself to bypass uh, any any issues that may be coming up by just ignoring them. When I feel funky, I allow myself some time to sit in the funk and to feel it. And so I will, what that looks like is being proactive and determining ahead of time, how much time are you gonna let yourself be in that valley before you start trying to get back to that peak? Because we're always gonna go through um, the, the night of the dark soul. We're always gonna go through mm -hmm. valleys. It's just a part of the cycle of life. And we wouldn't appreciate the good times if we didn't have the not so good times. And so, um, you know, when I'm in that space and I'm not happy, I do a lot of writing and reflection. And I say, okay, self, how long you going? How long you going to deal with this? You know, like when my grandmother passed away, I couldn't just go. I'm going to ignore that and be happy the next day. I knew that I needed some time to heal. I looked at. I created a resilience plan for myself. What am I going to do for myself over the next few months to recognize the time and space I need to heal and recharge um, and to learn how to cope with this major loss and then I'm going to be intentional in making efforts of getting back to my happiness set point, as I like to refer to it. We all have these, this set point of, you know, what our normal amount of like happiness can be. And so we can increase that through intention and through practice, uh, but we can get back to that through intention and practice also. And so, you know, whether that looked like being sure to get up in the morning and after my meditation, allow for a little time to play with my kids or take a walk, or it looked like letting myself have an extra scoop of ice cream because it makes <laughs> me feel better and I like to eat. You know, these were things that I honored myself the opportunity of doing uh, in order to get back to a positive space because um, I don't think that, I don't like to neg to to label bad times as bad. They're just times that we go through. We put the label mm. on it. And so, yeah. you know, how do I use the obstacles in this time to turn into opportunity? And so, you know, I think that even I'll, I'll give the reference of my grandmother passing that I never dealt with death so close to me as with someone that I cared about so much um, with passing away unexpectedly. I never dealt with that before. And now the opportunity in that is that 
I can relate to other people when they lose someone and I can speak to them and uplift them in different ways because I've been through that. And that before would have been something that I could try to give advice, um, positive psychology, and it'd be like, but you haven't been there. You haven't done this. Right, right. Having been through it, I think, you know, that, that some of the opportunity lies in being able to take the pain and then the process and share that with others to help uplift them in recovering from their grief or dealing or coping with their grief. The power of storytelling. You know, let me let me walk you through my my, you know, garden or my valley and and help you see where you are and you can decide from there. But it's hard for us sometimes to see where we are when we're not willing to to be that vulnerable and to really take a look. Um, this this is lovely. I just have enjoyed just hearing you speak. Just your voice is, is very therapeutic, Amber. <laughs> so um, one thing I really love about what you do and where you've been is you love being around young people. And you talked about the opportunity to be a change agent in this multi-generational space that we're in. And, you know, Freeman Means Business is certainly focused on amplifying the voices of women and helping them move forward. But we have a whole generation that needs to be cared for and nurtured and loved. Um, if you were to give a message today to other women in business, I usually say, what would you tell the other women in business? But reflecting not only on how they would help another woman in business, but the generation that's coming up, what is it that you would tell them? What, how would you advise them? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think, you know, when we expand beyond the profit in our business and we look at the impact in our business, one of the ways that we can be most impactful is to impart something positive on to our youth. Uh, because when we so we can say in business sustainability, what better way to sustain than to leave something positive behind for generations to come? And so whether that is a program within your organization or whether it goes to your hiring of young people and your dedication to the development of those young people within your organization, um, what I think it's, I, I would leave them with a question to ask themselves of what am I doing to impact generations to come in a positive way? Um, and so, you know, even if that's not the direct focus of your business, there's still ways that your business can do that through mentorship programs, through hiring processes, and uh, through uh, even planning for, you know, there's a lot of companies now, I'm, I'm forgetting the exact term, but you'll, you can help me with it if you think of it, but the planning processes of how you plan to have the younger folks move up into senior management and how you're nurturing them and doing so. Um, what is that term? Is it the rotation or apprenticeship or something like it, that? Um, something like that, but it, I'll, I'll say the, the, the thought behind it and and people are probably at home going it's the this plan my mom <laughs> uh, would be sitting next to me going amber uh because i do know this term is a part of what i focus on and help with actually when i work within organizations but um but you know just preparing succession 
no session plans. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, preparing the younger people of your organization even to recognize their upward mobility, their opportunities for upward mobility, pairing them with more senior leaders within the company and looking at how you can create mentorship programs within your organization to nurture the younger people there. It pays off for your business and it most certainly pays off for generations to come. You, our, our older, our baby boomers don't wanna die and take all of their expertise with them, right? You wanna leave behind footprints of the most uh, positive and valuable and wise of and, and all the wisdom that you have. And so I would really challenge our business owners to look at how we are not just doing that, but doing it with intention. Um, and so, yeah, that would that would be my, my challenge to us. I love that. Let's not forget about planting those seeds so that we can have a, a powerful generation, especially of young women behind us. So Amber, as we're getting ready to close up, I, I would just ask you to share with uh, all of our listeners something important that they should know about you, you, and then and maybe something surprising. Um, and then if they want to get in touch with you, because you do very important work, how do they get in touch with you uh, at Quartz Wellness? So the first part is, what's something important you want them to know about you, Amber? And then how do they get in touch with you? Okay, I love that. So something important to know about me is that I'm really dedicated to continued growth. Um, I'm actually looking to go back and get my master's degree next year uh, in an area of psychology. I still have yet to determine that. So if you have any recommendations based on what you believe I should major in because of what <laughs> you've heard me talk about in this podcast, then feel free to email me uh, at hello at 39quartz, Q-U-A-R-T-Z, the number's 39, and quartz.com and let me know because I'm still trying to figure that out. But I'm really dedicated to that continued growth. I'm still that curious soul that I was in high school that started picking up those personal and professional development books. Um, so that is something about me and uh, my dedication to going back to school. I'd love to be an adjunct professor uh, at a university mm. to teach. I love teaching, right? And I'm teaching teachers now and teaching parents. I would love to go in and teach students um, at a university. So that's an intention that I'm setting right here with you all. Uh, feel free to hold me accountable in ways you can uh, message me at the flow coach on Instagram and say, Hey, I remember you said you were going back to school. What school are you going <laughs> yes. to? And I will gladly receive that message. Um, so that, and, and I guess that actually lends into how you can find me. So, uh, as I mentioned, I am at the flow coach on Instagram and at quartz wellness again, Q U A R T Z. My website is quartzwellnesscollective.com. And, um, one of the things that we're building now that I'm most exciting about, excited about is this professional and personal development community online. I have a membership place where I'm offering affordable and accessible uh, courses, resources, personal assessments, exercises you can do on personal and professional development, interviews with experts, um, talking spaces with therapists and with other coaches where you can come for healing. So this is fitting the needs that uh, the focus on well-being that I really want our communities to embrace more so as business owners, as women of color. For myself being a woman of color, I focus really uh, heavily on empowering uh, other women of color and other entrepreneurs 
uh, and these communities that don't always have access to these tools for well-being and personal and professional development, making them affordable and accessible. So our membership is just under $20 a month, uh, and you can find out more about it on my website. Uh, and for you listeners here, there, uh, I'm, I just want to offer you guys a free two months of membership to give it a try if that's something you'd find interesting. We have a space for entrepreneurs, we have a space for women, we have a space for youth, we have a space for educators, and a ton of resources to support you in your flourishing and thriving in your personal and professional life. Wow. So from the, the winds of Detroit, we have had just this wonderful time with Amber Forrester. We've, we've walked that journey with you and, and understood how you went through this season of redesigning and letting go, uh, being honest with what you want and flowing into new purpose. So important to flow. I yeah. love that. Um, I've learned so much about taking the time to heal and creating my own resilience plan for myself and resetting, love this, my happiness point. What makes me happy? Blow that up, I love it. Thank you, Flow Coach. Thank you, Amber, Lee, Forrester. It was a joy to have you on Freeman Means Business, Women, Wonder Woman in Business podcast. I hope you enjoyed being with us and we wish you all the best. We're going to hold you accountable to that next level of learning. Love the continuous improvement. Thank you for your positivity today. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Freeman Means Business. This has been incredible, and I appreciate the platform and the opportunity. Awesome. Have a great day. Thanks again, Amber.